good evening. Good evening. I hope it's not too early to start. I got told off last week of starting at half past eight. It was very naughty. But last week we had to start at half past eight because Mariv was at quarter past nine two weeks ago. But this week Mariv is at twenty to ten, so the later for me the better. We are in the middle of Hilkas Bishol, Hilkas Chazorot. But before we start, just let me re- just project ourselves a couple of weeks forward. In two weeks' time is Bank Holiday. So I'm not sure if we'll get Shem Bank Holiday because Bank Holiday is a day when nobody learns, so I'm not sure. Four weeks' time, I'm hoping that in four weeks' time we'll have the uh, two-week series, two-shirim series on Chazor on B'dikas Teloim, uh, depending on Rabbi Perlman's availability. But he's booked himself in, and we hope that in four weeks' time we'll have a Chazor. We did this about five, six years ago. I don't know if you remember, six, seven years ago, maybe more. So I've asked him to do a, a refresher course, which he's very happy to do. Sorry? You don't like the slides? Why? You had nightmares? We'll, we'll put that... Without slides, you don't know what you're looking for. You have to have the slides because you don't know what you're looking for. You've got to know what you're looking for, I'm saying. So I'll ask him to... It's going to be much quicker this time. It's not going to be like last time. It's going to be much quicker. And um, you, you need to know what bugs are. I'm sorry. Uh, unless you want, to give, you want me to give you a live demonstration, that's even worse. And my wife and I, we bought a cabbage last week and it was absolutely infested. The new centuries didn't, didn't have normal cabbages, they had a different some strange looking cabbage. It was a cabbage and it was completely infested, uh, full of trips and, and everything. But you need to, you have to have the live, I'm sorry, I apologize. Who didn't? There was much less slides in those days. Much less. Today we're infested. Um, it's impossible to give a share to a number of people that picture, impossible. That's impossible. If you have one or two people, you can come around to my house. I'm happy to show you what they look like. <laughs> but they look worse. I can assure you they look a lot worse live than they do on the slides. A lot worse. So, Vezashem, in four weeks' time, well, uh, hopefully, I hope it will be in four weeks' time. If not, it will be six weeks' time. But I hope that will be between now and Tishabob, two weeks, two Shurim, on the uh, refresher course on Zika's Um Hopefully, there will be more, more women coming as well. Uh, I'd like the youngsters to come because I think it's very important. Most people have no idea what Zika's time is all about. And it's just important for them to get a, a, an idea. Live with with, with, with yeah, real with real real with real fruit. Real fruit and vegetables, amazing, 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 uh, unbelievable. But there's more people than a few people that turn up to the zone, I'm afraid. So I've got to try and offer them. I have to offer them a a. a, a, a Refresher course. Anyway, that will be in two weeks' time, Bezra Shem, in four weeks' time, in four, hopefully in four weeks' time or six weeks' time. Bezra or six weeks and eight weeks, whichever weeks it works. Anybody gets nightmares? Uh, I'll give them a private share on the side, Mitchell. We'll, go, we'll go carry on with the Shabbos. The truth is, I get more nightmares thinking about eating bugs than I get about seeing a few bugs on the. It takes me on air of Pesach, besides answering the telephone between every bug, but a good few hours just checking the letters, a handful of letters, and, and they're full of stuff, even the good letters. There's always at least a few buttons. Yeah, a few bugs in every letters. If you haven't found a few bugs in every letters, I, I don't want to scare you, but... You've eaten them. You've eaten them, yeah. They're full of stuff. Eh? They're today, today they're, 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 they're legally, you're allowed to have a certain amount of bugs in, in your letters. Up until a certain percentage of bugs you're allowed to have. So, it's not even illegal. Horrible. Okay, these were Marks and Spencer uh, letters. Which is Better? Which is remain? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We've had Martha Spencer. I always buy Martha Spencer. Maybe she's good. Black Tesco remains and I throw most of them away. Martha Spencer's pretty good. But there's still, there's still stuff in there. What should I say to you? Green flies, black flies, thrips. There's not so many green flies. Thrips, um, spiders, little spiders. It's horrible. All right. That's, uh, that's not all. We didn't come to give a shi on Bucks tonight. We came to give, give a shi on Chazar, on Hilchus um, Bishel, Shi on Chazar. So let's just run through quickly what we <coughs> briefly discussed in the previous shi so that we have a, a, a we can, because we were bang in the middle of the, of the subject so we can move on from there. We, we discussed primarily the background to Hilchus Bishel and the parameters through which Chazar were worried about the halach of Shihir of leaving your pot on the, on the stove. Now, in Hechel's Bishel, of course, we know that in the time of the Besamekdash, the time of the Mishkan, they would cook some of the money, they would cook dyes to be able to dye the, the cloth, and therefore cooking becomes now one of the Lamates Molochas. Cooking and baking becomes one of the Lamates Molochas. So to put any uncooked food or partially cooked food on the gas on Shabbos is a transgression, a biblical transgression of Bishel, and you, Chatzvisholem, a person who does that intentionally, would be a Beskila, unintentionally would have to bring a Chatzot in the Besamekdash. Chazal wanted to, we will discuss Allah of Bishel at length a bit later, not, not today, in, in some of the other shows when we get through the different aspects of Hechus Bishel. Chazal were worried that Bishel is a, a type of Allah that's very easy for a person to inadvertently transgress, so therefore they added different drabonons, extra precautionary measures around the Issa Bishel to make sure that we don't in any way inadvertently transgress any other Malachah relevant to this official, and therefore they forbade us from leaving a pot of food on the gas. They forbade us to leave a pot of food on the gas because they were worried. If we would leave a pot of food on the gas, and you've got a number of guests coming that night, and the food is not cooking as one would like it to cook, and therefore it's not going to be the perfect dish that one likes to serve, you might end up chas v'shalom inadvertently without thinking, coming to be chayta hagachalim, you will soak the coals to create some more heat, and enable the food to cook better, which would, in other words, be transgressing maybe two Isurim, an Isur of Havara, or maybe even an Isur of Bishul. Therefore, Chazal forbade us from leaving a pot of food on the fire on Shabbos. So now, in order to understand the parameters of the Isur of Shi'ir, we have to discuss different levels of cooking, different types of food, and different levels of different types of fire. And we discussed at length that there's two, three types of foods that get cooked. We have a partially cooked food, or an uncooked food. That's a food that's not yet reached half of its cooking level, it has not yet reached, uh, or hasn't started the cooking process at all, that's a, what we normally call a uncooked food, or a partially cooked food. We then have something which is fully cooked, sorry, we then have something which is half cooked, or some say a third cooked, that's microbendrocyte, it's already reached the level of microbendrocyte, and then we have a fully cooked food, a fully cooked food which is completely cooked, but then again that's split into two types. We have some cooked foods, the longer you cook them, the better they become, uh, a cholent is the simplest example. The longer it cooks, the better the food becomes. It may, there may be a point when that reverses itself, but for most of the Friday night, the longer the cholent cooks, the better the cholent is going to be the next day. Or then you have certain foods that the longer you cook it, the worse it becomes. So you take a piece of meat. If you leave it cooking for too long, it will start uh, drying and being overcooked and stringy. I don't know what you might call it, and, and it's just not going to be the right food. So there are two types of foods. One's called mistamic virale, one's called mistamic viopole. Mistamic virale means it continues to cook and it's good for it it's sh- as it shrinks. As it cooks and it dries out more, it becomes better. Or mistamic virale means as it shrinks and it becomes lesser, it becomes smaller and more cooked. It's actually not good for it. Mistamic is mem sabi test mem kuf from mitzamek from shrinking. Yopoloi means it's good for it. Mitzamek virale means it's bad for it. 
And that's the different types of foods that you might find on your pot, in your pot, on your stove. Then we have different types of fires. We have a fire which is what Chazal would call coals. That's taking wood, turning it into coal, and using that coal to burn and create heat in your oven. A coal can vary. The heat of the coal can be variable. You can leave it and it'll, the heat will be a little bit less. Then you can soak it and you can revive the heat so the heat will become more intense. Uh, and you can somehow or other, you can take a little bit of the coals out, so it'll be less heat, add more coal, it'll be more heat. It, it's a manageable, controllable flame. It's a controllable flame. In today's world, we'll call it a gasso, uh, where you can put the flame up, you can put the flame down. That would be, the, that would be quite too cold in the time of Chazal. We then have a oven which is gorof v'kotom. Gorof v'kotom means gimorash v'ofei, is where it's been shoveled or it's been dampened down by, they would add earth on top of it that would uh, reduce the flames uh, and, not, and not allow the coals to reignite. But the heat of the oven would remain. That seal the food inside the oven or on top of the oven, close off the, the opening to the oven, and that way you would have a, a, a heat <coughs> left inside the oven, but it gore off the cotton. The actual flame is now being covered over. That would equate today to a type of a fire which is covered with a blech. We'll discuss a blech a little bit later, if we have time, why a blech doesn't actually meet all the criteria of gore for cotton, but that's what we today call a blech. A blech is a flame which I've covered, I've, I've put some covering on it, and the purpose of that is to show you that it's not a normal flame, it's less of a flame, and therefore you're not going to come to stoke the coals. We then have a third type of fire, which is in time of Chazal, it's called kash or gvavo, which really means straw, kash is kushin, straw or gvavo is like little wood chips, where you would heat them up and they would become hot, but they're not a fire that, that's going to last, it's not the type of heat source that's going to actually cook your food. It's a old-fashioned hot plate. An old-fashioned hot plate is kash or gvavo, it's hot enough that you can sustain heat, and you sustain the heat in your pot, but it's not hot enough to actually cook your pot. A modern-day hot plate, some hot plates they can cook, so you have to be careful. The Israeli ones are very hot, uh, they're very dangerous too, and they, they probably are equal to normal fire because you can actually cook on an Israeli one. The English ones are much less heat uh, and less wattage to the slow cooks to the hot plate, and therefore they're very hard to cook. <coughs> if you left on all night, it might cook. Left on for, for, for 18 hours, you might actually heat up your soup, but by then your soup will probably go off. So we can't call it a fire that's actually made for cooking. So we call that a cash or gvavo. That's a type of fire that's just there to sustain it. It's not there to... It's not there to cook. It's not there to cook. So now, those are the different types of fires. We are discussing today leaving on an open fire. Leaving food on an open fire. So I have my gas stove. I turn it down to the lowest. I put my soup on it. I put my chalent on it. I put my chicken, my potatoes, or my kugel, whatever it is, and I leave it on an open fire. Am I permitted to leave my cooked food on an open fire, or am I not? So now, if, if, if the food is partially cooked, if the food is partially cooked, then I'm not allowed to leave it on an open fire, because we're worried you're going to come to serve it. That's a given. A partially cooked food can't be left on an, on a, on an open fire. Can't be left on an open fire. If the food is completely cooked, if the food is completely cooked, if the food is completely cooked, then we discussed as in, in the previous year, there's two opinions in Halakha. The first opinion is that if it's going to actually decrease the taste of the food by leaving it on there, then you can leave it on the fire. So we're not worried that you're going to come and stuck. If it's my stomach virale, we're not worried that you're going to come and stuck the fire because by soaking the, the, the coals, what's going to happen? 
you're going to make it cook more and cooking more is going to actually damage and spoil the food so you don't want that so leaving on a pot of, a pot of food on the flame where it's mistamic virale we have no problem with that you can eat that on that that's no problem if it's mistamic virale then you mustn't leave it on there because we'll worry you'll stoke in order to make it better so that's the first opinion that if it's food fully cooked a piece of chicken which is fully cooked your meat, which is fully cooked, leave it on the flame. You have no problem with that at all because it's in the stomach, virale. It's not going to improve with the length of time it's on the gas on the country. When the men come over from shul late, you're getting nervous because the, the, the too much talking around the fish. You're getting nervous because my meat's going to end up drying out. It's not going to be overcooked, etc., etc. We're not worried in that scenario that you're going to stoke the coals. That's permitted. That's permitted. If you have a raw piece of meat, we'll discuss it a little bit later, but a raw piece of meat, and you leave that, put that on the flame just before Shabbos. Again, we're not worried that you're going to stoke, stoke the coals because you've got a long time. That, that, that meat's not going to be ready for the meal. You're keeping it for the next morning or whatever it is, or long, a lot later, rather a, uh, halfway through Shabbos, that's when you want it cooked. So you've got plenty of time for it to cook. You don't need to stoke the coals. So you're quite happy with the coals being a little bit less um, hot. And therefore, we allow you to leave a raw piece of meat on the, on the stove on Shabbos. We'll discuss a bit later whether that practically actually works today. But... In Shokhanarach it says that a raw piece of meat is fine. So according to the first view, if it's food that's going to actually be mid-stomach virale, it's not going to improve, it's going to... What's the word in English? Not disimprove, what's the word in English? It's going to deteriorate. That's the word, thank you. It's going to deteriorate through the cooking process, then you're allowed to leave it on your flame, no problem. A flame without a black, put your pot on. If it's going to increase, it's going to improve, you must put it on. A raw piece of meat, you're allowed to put it on. That's the first view in Shokhanarach. Second view is that even... That any food that's fully cooked, even if it's going to improve with the, length of, with the length of time that it remains on the fire, that's also permitted. Anything that's fully cooked. The only food that you can't leave on the flame is something which is partially cooked. But if it's fully cooked, then you can leave it on the, fly, on the, on the fire. It makes a difference if it's a stomach virale. It makes a difference if it's a stomach virale. The second opinion holds you 100% of that. Leave it. You don't need a black waffle. Just leave it on. Take your soup. Take your chicken. Take your meat. Take your kugels. Just leave them on there. No problem at all. Even if they're going to improve with time. Maybe chicken soup improves with time. I have no idea. Even if it's going to improve with time, no problem to leave your food on the, the pot on the stove without a black. That's the second opinion. Now, the Shukhanar of the Ramar actually says that, that the minute was like the, second, like the second opinion. The minute was like the view that you can leave all your pots as long as they're fully cooked, which would mean today we do not need a black because almost all our food, when it goes on the, on the pot, on the, on the stove, on Erev Shabbos, just before Shabbos, it's fully cooked. All our food is fully cooked. I don't know anybody who puts on a raw chicken or half, half-cooked chicken into the oven a few minutes before Shabbos. We put a fully cooked chicken on the stove and we let the heat up so according to the remark it would be absolutely fine to leave all our food on the stove without any black whatsoever. However, comes along the Chabot time and he says that when the remark says the minute is to leave without the black that's because nobody's going to actually listen to anybody to tell them the difference. But really, in reality, we should be machmet for the first opinion of Shulchan Aruch and we should not leave our pots on the flame if they're going to be misstomach the yopole, if they're going to improve with the cooking, extra cooking time that you put there. So therefore, chicken soup may boil away, but it may actually taste better, because if it boils away slightly, it gets a, a stronger flavor. So it, might, it may be misstomach the yopole. Uh, a challenge is misstomach the yopole. So those types of foods, one needs to put a blech on the fire in order to be able to retain them on the fire even by putting them on the Friday to retain them on the fire over Shabbos once you put the black and that's why the minute has become nowadays to put the black I'm sure many of you remember in, in your father's houses etc in other houses they never had the black 
it was quite normal for them to put it on, on, on the stove because the minig was definitely not to need a black. But today, if we can, and blacks are ten a penny, so if we can put a black on, why should we put a black on to fulfill the criteria of the Chavetzheim on the second, opinion, the, the second opinion in the Shulchanor that anything which is going to improve with extra cooking time should not be left on the stove. Should not be left on the stove. And that's where we finished off this year at the end of the previous year. Is that clear? Is that clear? So let's talk about leaving now water. Let's leave in water. So a fine. So a camera, maybe your chalot should go on the black. Your chicken soup, ideally should go on the black. Your, your, your kugel, some, some, I'm not sure. Does kugel, I can't tell you if kugel improves, doesn't it? Let's say it does, it should, should be left on the black, etc., uh, etc. Et a hot plate, it's fine, because a hot plate is gore for cotton, that's a different story. That's not, or it's kashuk rubber, that's a different type of heat. That's not normal heat, and that's perfect. But on your gas, with the gas on, Without the black, you shouldn't be leaving food that's going to improve with time. What about can I heat in my urn? Right? Nowadays you have these posh urns, uh, electric urns, but what about if I have a non-electric urn? Can I leave it on my gas? And the truth is, electric urns are the same problem. Can I leave water on an open flame on Shabbos without the black? Am I allowed to do that? Or may I not do that? And the answer is, does water improve with time? No. It doesn't. So technically, I should be allowed to leave my water without the black on, on the gas. No problem whatsoever. Open the tap, take water out, shut it. I have no problem whatsoever. It's fine to leave my water, and that's the halakha. It's fine. Whereas the problem here is, though, you have to be extremely careful to make sure that your water is fully cooked. Because if your water is not fully cooked, then that then your water is considered non-fully cooked and mustn't be left on the stove. Only fully cooked food can be left on the stove. And what's called fully cooked water? Boil. What's boil? So yatsa leathers would would be considered fully cooked. In, in halakha, yeah. yes, bubbling, uh, boiling, the boiling point is 100 degrees or 202 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever it is, um, 100 degrees centigrade would be, would be boiled, but not always does your urn your, uh, actually reach that level, particularly electric urn, it don't always reach the level of, of fully boiling. Uh, you have to therefore make sure that it's yatsalet is boiled. If you put your finger in it, it burns, that's what yatsalet is boiled. Yatsalet means you put your finger in and it would burn. I don't advise you to lift your lid off your and uh, put your finger in. But it's actually very hard to tell what the shear of yatsalet is. In the Paschim, some Paschim say 43 degrees centigrade is already yatsalet is. I can tell you that one of the men's mikvahs, they have it on at 43 degrees. The mikvah is 43 degrees, and I've been in it many times, and it doesn't burn. But yet, according to many Paschim, 43 degrees is yatsalet and it doesn't touch us. So we have become a bit more resistant to heat over the years. Why? I don't know. We have a little bit more resistant to heat. Others say that it's roughly 80 degrees is yatsalet so when it comes to Shabbos, one definitely has to be stringent, and anything under 80 degrees cannot be left on the, on the flame without a blech. You have to have at least 80 degrees centigrade. There is very little way of telling. The Kafachayim says that the way you can prove it is if you're able to drink it. If you're able to drink it, then it's not Yatsaled. If you can't drink it because it's too hot, then you can be rest assured that you've reached the point of Yatsaled. So if you have a cup of coffee and it's not drinkable because it's too hot, for the average person, then you're probably around 80 degrees. Uh, in the cup's probably around 80 degrees. But if you can drink it, the temperature's drop. That temperature cannot be left on the flame without a black. So water is a little bit more complex than any other foods, because water has to be fully cooked, has to be fully boiled, and re- retained at that, at, that, at that level, at the temperature of Yatsaledis. Uh, if it's not at the temperature of Yatsaledis, you can't leave it on the flame on Shabbos. With a black, you're okay. But without a black, you can't leave it there. Leaving a chalice on the slow cooker. 
A slow cooker is meant to cook. That's what it is. It's a slow cooker, but it's meant to cook. It will cook after in, in a few hours rather than in a few minutes. But leaving a chocolate in a slow cooker would have the same problem. Would be the same problem as leaving a chocolate on an open gas. And therefore, you'd have to make sure that you have some sort of black in your chocolate in your slow cooker in order that you shouldn't transgress the issue of shihir of leaving a pot on the fire if you're being strict and following the view of the Chavis Chaim, which does not allow you to leave a pot of food on the flame if it's even if it's fully cooked, if it's mistamic, the yofli. So chana would have to be covered with a black. And some people put silver foil inside, some people put the baked foil inside, just to, to create a black, so there should be a, a clear, recognized uh, difference between cooking in a normal slow cooker and leaving a chana in a slow cooker over shelves. On top of a hot plate, again, if it's a normal English hot plate, or a hot plate which isn't so hot, you can't cook on it, that's fine. You don't need a black there, because it's not an open flame, it's what we would consider the flame of a cashew grover. Cashew grover, it's, it's straw and, and wood chips, it's not the heat which cooks, it's only heat which retains. It's only a fire which will help retain the heat in the pot, and then you can eat much on from there, no problem. So let me be, warn you that many hot plates don't stay, uh, the English hot plates will often burn out if you use them on overnight, they're not meant for, to, to be kept on for so long. The Israeli ones are meant to be kept on for so long, but they're actually much hotter and they, they do cook, so many possible holders, Israeli ones, are worse than the English ones, and you have, to, you have to have a black on these Israeli ones, if you want to leave your chocolate on it overnight. Go on. Ideally, ideally. You're going to the wrong one. I actually don't like all this, because I think this is, doesn't serve the purpose, and the Chazmish writes somewhere that, that uh, blacks and silver foil don't serve the purpose. It doesn't in any way reduce the heat, does it? It's, it's just an external visual reminder. The Gemara doesn't actually talk about external visual reminders. Gemara talks about damping, the, the damping down the, the coals. So today the Paschal Mameko, because that's the, our only method of doing it, it's not so wonderful. Not so wonderful. But yes, if you want to leave your chance in a slow cooker, you should try and put something in between. So a piece of silver pop, your chance will taste exactly the same. Well, what other options Leaving it on the gas. With the black, you're okay. Oh, with the black, you're okay. Or you can leave on a slow cooker. Uh, on a hot plate. Or you can leave on a hot plate. That's for a different reason. That's for a different reason completely. That's because of Hatmono. Yeah. We, have, we haven't got that yet. That's a different, completely different reason. It does raise the. It does raise it a little bit. But I don't know if that gets around the problem of Shahir. Because uh, it, it, you're still on the fire. When you put your pot on the stove in the olden times, the, the, the flames were right below the other bed. They were down there, and your pot was on top of the, the oven over there. The gap between the fire doesn't change. If that's the way you cook, that's the way you cook. The reason why we raise it is Fatmona. That's a completely different thing completely. Well, we'll get them at some, uh, probably after Rosh Hashanah sometime. And control for the flue cooker? So, nowadays, many things you cover it because the whole thing is just a visual... But that's not what Khazal spoke about. Khazal spoke about damping down the, the things. That's what they spoke about. So the Khaznish didn't like blacks. He did not agree with blacks altogether. He didn't allow the, if you go to Bnei Brak, the real Khaznishniks do not use blacks. They use, uh, uh, what's we call the upturn, but it has a black with sides. It's like a pot. And that's a different halakha of mechem or gavar mechem. A pot on top of a pot is a different halakha. That, that, that itself is a, is a heter. You're allowed to leave a pot on top of a pot. That's not considered leaving on the flame. So that's a completely different heter which we'll discuss. At a later date. What, what can one use as a black on an Israeli pot flame? Yeah, a silver pot. 
I see, so if you, if you cover it with foil, it's covered with foil, you're fine. Yeah, covered with foil, you're fine. Just put a piece of foil. The silver foil. It wouldn't make it overheat. We'll make it slightly bit. Don't wrap it round. No. No, because then you'll, you'll probably catch fire from underneath, but just uh, the dangerous thing is really one. Actually, it's that much heat. It might even conduct more heat, yes. Yeah, yeah. I can only tell you what the postman said today. If you put paper on your, 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 your Israeli, it will burn. If you put a big one, it will burn. What about an electric kettle? An electric shovel stone? Yeah, shovel yeah. stone. Now, sometimes you hear it coming on, and sometimes it's... We will go through all the different types of shovel kettles that exist on the market today, the when we get to the Alokas officials. Um, you have to be careful what type of shovel stone you buy, and you need to buy it from a, or somebody from a, a retailer who understands shovel stones and understands shovels. Because if you go to John Lewis and you buy yourself a shovel stone, you might be using an urn which is actually not good in shovels. So we have been through the, all the different urns in, in the showroom in the past. <coughs> and then we will go through all the different urns and shovels. But urns and shovels are complete. It's a whole series just on urns and shovels. Uh, what urns, which urns are good, which urns are not good. Shabbos, yomtev, can I fill in my urn and yomtev? Can I not fill up my urn and yomtev? It's, it's, uh, I don't want to sidetrack too much. We've only got a few more minutes left and I wanted to go through a little Sorry? But it reminds me about you want me to, to divert now and talk about different, different types of Shabbos It's not too, to sh- not to, of course you can use an electric urn, but Shabbos is a bit of It depends which urn you have. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm happy to divert for, for all trains. Uh, well, what is the, sorry? It depends which electric urn you have. Uh-huh. There's many different types of electric urns on the market. If you, you want me to run through electric urns? Should I run through electric urns now? Is that what? Do you prefer I run through electric guns now, or do you uh, happy for me to carry on here for Sazor? Shabbos and Yomfus. If you go to Shabbos, you have to make sure they give you the right one, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Do it he does, he tries to, but he's, he, he's not, he's not going to take responsibility. If you ask him, is this 100% okay for Shabbos? Has a rob approved it? They'll tell you who's approved it. But you do need to ask. Shabbos and Yomfus are the same. No, there's no halakhas of Shia and Bisham on Shabbos. But if you add water to certain herbs, you could be transgressing other monopolies. On Shabbos? On Yom Tov. Yeah. yeah. Shabbos you can't add anyway, because it's special. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But you can't, there's certain herbs which can't be used. Sure. There's certain herbs which can't be used on Shabbos. Even electric ones. Okay, you know, let's sidetrack for a few minutes and we'll see how we go. We'll sidetrack, we've started the subject, let's talk about different herbs of Shabbos, mm-hmm. just to, to, to help you through it. So when it comes to Shabbos and Yom you know what? What's going on? Uh, the basic urn that you leave on the on the flame, the basic urn that you leave on the flame, which is a few and far between today, not many people still have urns that are left on the flame. But if you have an urn which is left on the flame, you're safest, you're fine. You leave it on the flame as long as it's fully cooked before Shabbos. You can leave it on there without a black. If it's not so fully cooked, you're nervous. Make sure you have a black. But that's perfect. You can leave it on there the whole Shabbos. Comes the you can add as much water as you like. Uh, it will eventually overnight probably reheat. No problem at all. That's the simplest. Old-fashioned is always simple. Old-fashioned is simple. When it comes to electric urns, you, you, you're, getting, you're getting involved in much more complexities. Now, there's many different types of electric urns on the market. The, the simplest electric urn, which is fine for Shabbat and for Yonder, but they don't make them much anymore, these electric urns, because today they've become so sophisticated that all different types of urns are a combination of different systems. They're a combination of a number of systems. The simplest urn, and if you have the Israeli plastic urns, the Israeli old-fashioned plastic urns, I call them old-fashioned because 20 years ago they were the standard, they're, they're much less fashionable today. Uh, the, the plastic urns, they run on something called a simostat. It has a dial which goes on, one, two, three, four, five, and then full, etc. If you 
switch it on to the highest, it will boil and 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 boil until the boils away, and then switch off through the cutout switch. If you turn it down to any of the other numbers, what you're doing is you're triggering a simmer Now, a simmer is not a thermostat. A simmer is a time-controlled switch, which means if I switch it on one, every ten minutes it'll switch on, heat, heat up for... The, the element will heat up for a, a minute and then switch off. Leave it on two, it'll come on every seven minutes. Leave it on three, it'll come on every five minutes. Leave it on four, it'll come on every three minutes, etc., etc. You have to leave it, you'll, fi- you'll find the number which suits you best, and you leave it on that number, usually number four or number five, and then it'll reheat itself automatically. It doesn't make sense how hot the water is, it doesn't make sense how much water is in there. It'll switch on, it'll burn for 30 seconds to a minute, heat up the water in that time, and then switch off, and the, the water will, will be off, will be off the fire. It'll then come on again a few minutes later, and it'll go on the whole Shabbos. It'll go on the whole Shabbos. That, that, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that urn. Perfect to be used on Shabbos. You can even add water on the Yom It'll take a long time for it to boil, but you're not doing anything. You're doing nothing. All it does is it switches. It, it, it's heating up every minute or two, every three minutes, whatever it is, and overnight it'll eventually boil the water. And by the time it comes to your coffee in the morning, depending on what time you get up, you'll hopefully have hot enough water for a cup of coffee. You're not transgressing any serum. In that, in that type of electric kettle, absolutely fine. Where it becomes complicated is if you have a kettle, an electric urn, which, is, which has a thermostat. An electric urn with a thermostat. Now, they don't make them much these days, but there are one or two swans out like this. A, a, a kettle with a thermostat means that you put the water in there, it boils, and it reaches a certain temperature, and there's a thermostat inside which will measure the temperature of the water. As soon as the temperature drops, as soon as the temperature drops, then the the element will switch on and will heat it up. Temperature stays at a certain temperature, stays off. Now, here the problem with this is, every time you're taking water out of the kettle, you're causing less water to be in the kettle. The less water there is, the quicker the temperature drops. Which means the quicker the thermostat's going to trigger the element to reheat that water. So you have indirectly, but indirectly is also Asana Shabbos, you have caused a trigger of an electric element, which is completely forbidden Shabbos. Therefore, a normal urn with a thermostat cannot be used on Shabbos. A thermostatically controlled urn cannot be used on Shabbos because every time you take water, you are triggering the water to lose the heat, lose its heat quicker, and then causing the element to be switched on far more often than it would have had you not taken water. So you are the cause of that extra flame. That's awesome. If you have a thermostat, you can take as much water as you like, and the water will drop quicker. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just switches on every minute and a half, every two minutes, every three minutes, whenever you find it, whichever dial number you put it on. So it's thermostatically controlled, it's completely awesome. That's also Shabbos Yom. Now what they've done today is they've amalgamated n- numerous different types of... So you have urns which have double types of, two types of, of, of uh, thermostats. So what they've created today is one type of swan and, and Israeli ones, is they have an urn which has two elements to it. It has a double element. It's not a single element, it has a double element. The first element boils. That element is, is a, a thermostatically controlled. It's thermostatically controlled, normal thermostat. It'll boil it, reach 100 degrees, 80 degrees, whatever the set, the, the company set temperature is, and then it will switch off. But when it switches off, it doesn't go off completely. It then switches over to a second element. That element is on constantly. That element is on constantly, and that element is there to retain the heat of the water. 
which means that the level of the temperature of the water will not drop so fast because you have another element there which is retaining the heat so it's economical, much more economical because you have a very low heat element which uses up very little electricity trick enabling that the other element which heats which is a lot of electricity to heat up the boil the whole kettle doesn't come on that often now, that's a, a, a very nice type of urn to have on Shabbos you have it on, you switch it on, you heat it up you, you switch it on, it'll boil switch up automatically, you do nothing you just switch it on, it boils and then it retains the heat by itself now here, when I take a cup of water out of my urn on Shabbos even though the, the main element is thermostatic controlled but I'm not actually triggering that that thermostat should switch on my main element because since there's already an element on when I take my water out so there's less water in the urn the second element, which is a smaller heat will be able to keep the heat of that water better than if it's a lot of water so in fact, I'm just causing for it to switch on even less so on Shabbos, that's fine are we clear? so it's a double type of element it has an element which is thermostatic control but another element alongside it which retains the heat of the water. Are you not reducing the amount of electricity of the heat? There's no thermostat in it. It's thermostatic control. The other one's on constantly. Yeah, but it is on a tangent level. No, it's at a constant temperature. The water's the constant temperature. The, the, the element, the second element's at a constant temperature. It's, it's like a hot plate. It just stays on at that temperature 24 hours. As long as the urns are on, that's what it stays on. Uh, it may not stay on, it may switch off when the other element goes on, but when the main element's off, this switches on, this stays on, and just retains the heat. Now, it's true that eventually it can't retain the heat completely, so eventually it will, the thermostat will trigger, the, it will, the temperature of the water will drop, the thermostat will then trigger the main element to go on, and you'll hear it boiling again. But, taking water out is not going to cause the second element to be switched on any faster. On, on the contrary, it will actually switch it on less, because the less water there is in there, the less work, less heat needed to retain the heat, and therefore the less chance there is of that water dropping in temperature and triggering the actual main element from switching on. Are we clear? So that, sorry, there's no dial. You switch it on and off. Mine has got a red light or an orange light and a green light. Correct, that's right. So when the red light's on, it means that the main element's boiling. When the green light's on, you have the retainer. And that's fine for chance. Absolutely fine. However, However, <laughs> when it comes to Yom Tov, you cannot add water to that burn. Oh, boy. Because if you're going to add water to that burn, that, that, uh, the moment you put a cup of cold water in, the temperature is going to drop, and it's going to trigger the main element to go up. Depending on, on, the, on the sensitivity of your, of your thermostat, a lot of them, even if you add boiling water, it's still not as hot as the water inside the and it will still trigger some do some don't it's a risk some do some don't so what we suggest for those urns what we suggest is you put it on a time switch and you try and remember if you can that the time switch goes off for half an hour Shabbos afternoon 12 o'clock and you're home from shul 12 o'clock and if you depending where you daven if you daven in a shul with a thousand and you start 9 o'clock so you're not going to be home till 12.30 so make sure you don't switch on to 12.30 it's off you then fill up your water no, I'm younger. <laughs> <laughs> you then switch up again, you then fill up your, your urn again, and it switches on automatically and it boils. That's fine. Because you haven't done anything. You have not switched on electricity. You're allowed to cook on Yom 
all you've done is you put water into an urn and you're going to cook. But the actual electricity is not being triggered by you. It's triggered by the... By the time switch. And that's the only way to get around those urns. So far, so good? Can I ask a question? Of course. If, if the malakot is to make the thermostat go on more often, is it not on malakot to make the thermostat go on less often? No. But what are you doing? The reason why I'm changing I s- it. I'm changing nothing. I'm not changing anything. Changing the uh, frequency of the thermostat. I'm not changing anything. The temperature is just rocking less. I'm not changing anything. When I s- cause it to switch on earlier, I'm creating a circuit. I have caused that circuit to, to, to be completed. If it stays off longer, what have I created? It's off now, and it stays off. I've done nothing. On the contrary, I've made it go on less. That's absolutely fine. That's the second type of urn that you will fill electric urn that you'll find in the market. Um, the third, I should say the third type. So we've had a thermostat, we've had a, a <coughs> thermostat, thermostat, fine. Thermostat is problematic. A thermostat with a dual element is okay for Shabbos, problematic for Yom and you have to use a either boiling hot water and make sure that you've tried it during the week that it doesn't trigger it, or put it on a thermostat. So, we're going to come down to the next, the next one. The next remote is Swan, some of the Israeli ones that you switch over. They have a, again, a dual element, but they, uh, I don't know, they don't know if they have a dual element, they have a dual system. They have one system which is thermostatically controlled, and another system which is thermostatically controlled. It has both inside it. It has a thermostat, and it has a thermostat. So when you switch on your, put, you fill up your urn, you put it onto number five. It'll boil and 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 boil, and then, oops, it'll go off. And then every five to ten minutes, it'll switch on again and switch off. Sometimes it'll drop the temperature and it'll switch back on and boil and boil and boil and switch back, on, switch back off again. So it's a slightly different system, similar system to the dual, to the dual element. But this one, instead of having a dual element, it has two technical elements, two technical parts to it. One being a thermostat, one being a thermostat. Now the thermostat, you put it on number five, it'll come every few minutes. It'll, it'll switch on every five minutes, ten minutes. It switches on much less than the Israeli ones because there's a, there's, a, a, uh, there's a thermostat there as well. So it doesn't need to switch on that often because the thermostat will keep, make sure it will always remain hot. But it will go on on the thermostat every 10, 12, 15 minutes, whatever it is. I think mine is every 12 minutes. That's the type of urn I have at home. So here we have an urn which has one element, but instead of... Two elements. It has one element, but two different systems of how that element is going to be triggered. So here again, when I take out water from my urn, what am I doing? I could, not as nice as a normal urn, but I could just be at the point where the water is about to drop temperature, and me taking out could cause that temperature drop, but that's something I'm never going to know, and it's a little bit unlikely. More, more, more likely, I'm going to drop the water. The temperature will drop, but the thermostat will heat it up again. And therefore, I'm going to trigger the thermostat less. So here, I have a similar scenario to the previous one where I have two elements. But instead of being two elements, I have a thermostat and a thermostat. So the thermostat will heat the water, and it will trigger, because the less water in it, the less it will trigger the thermostat. The less it will trigger the thermostat. It's got a dual system called the thermostat and the thermostat. But here again, when it's a shovel, it's fine. I take water out. The thermostat will heat it up. It's less, less very unlikely that it's actually going to cause the thermostat to trigger. But where the problem does lie is on Yom If I add cold water into it, automatically the thermostat will kick in and it will switch on and start boiling again. It will switch on and start boiling again. So again, I can't use it on Yom unless I put a time switch on and fill it up with water. Here, even for hot water, is, is, is again, the same problem. 
the, the, you need to really keep that water boiling for it not to change the temperature in, in a whole urn. Uh, the water in the urn, when you add hot water into it, the hot water is it's coming off the gas, it's been off the gas already for a few seconds, you're then pouring it, which runs it through the air, which makes it cooler, and it then could cool down the water inside. This is a silly question. Is that I'm saying if when you put it on a time strip, then freeze it, yes. um, and it goes off, and you then pour cold water. So you've done nothing. Have you done nothing? Nothing. Depending on the and the time. It's going to go on anyway. It's going to go on, and it's going to stay on a bit longer. It's from complete cold. It's going to heat up from complete cold. So and that's okay. But as long as you can cook it, there's nothing wrong cooking. Yeah. I just can't create a circuit. The circuit's created by the uh, by the passage. Even if I don't fill it up. The passage is on, it'll switch on because it'll cool down in half an hour or something. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. You can bring your own to pleasure. I'll try and. <coughs> model numbers. Uh, it's very hard to know because there's so many different nodes on the market, and Swan does five different types of nodes. Swan, Swan does five different. You have to ask him. Mr. Shalom didn't know exactly everything. You have to ask him. Uh, the one that I bought was looked into by, by uh, Rabbi Roy, and he worked it through, and, and he says that it's fine. But uh, it, it depends what size. The different size swans have different size, different take different. Uh, yeah, very. It's completely different. You can have two swans. One, the slightly bigger one, one, the small one. The small one will work with two elements. The big one will be with the thermostat and the thermostat. And then you can have another one which is just, just the thermostat. Uh, the reason why they've changed is not because of shadows. They're changing for, for they're changing for, uh, for, for uh, you know, yeah, electric reasons. So this this one I think is 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 the got two two what do you call it in it? I'm not sure. Yeah, this is this one. Can you see it's got no dial. It's just got a, a, a red light and a green light. That's got two elements in it. So you switch it on, the red light will come on and it'll boil. When it's finished boiling, the green light will switch on. That green light means that the retainer element is on, the big element is not on. Every so often, every couple of hours, it will suddenly switch off, go on to red and stop boiling. That's because the water temperature has dropped even with the retainer element. It's dropped enough that the thermostat's kicked in and will switch it on. So on Shabbos it's fine because every time you take water out, you are keeping the, the temperature of the water, not reducing the temperature of the water, you're enabling the temperature of the water to retain there for longer, and therefore less of a trigger for the thermostat to come on. But on Yom the moment you put cold water into this, it's going to switch over from the green to the red. And therefore you're triggered an electric current running through from one, one, one from one element to change over to the other element. And that, that's where the life becomes a bit more complicated. I'm going to need a hand to you. So that, and that would have to go on the passage. You know, unless you can try it out during the week and make sure that you, when you put bo- boiling... But you're going to be boiling the water on the gas stove. So you've got to boil it on the gas stove, not boil your electric kettle. You have to boil it on the gas stove, a, a kettle of water, a pot of water, and then try it. It's very hard to get boiling, 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 boiling water on the gas stove, especially when you're impatient on Yomtev. It's going it's to take, take a long time to get water really, really hot. So the safest thing to do is to, is to leave it on the time switch. <coughs> there we go. Nearly as good as a, li- a live bug's... Uh, I, think, I think, is that clear?
Anybody's got any specifics, you can happily ask me and um, or ask Mr. Shatner how it works, so I've got no idea. I so I hope it's okay. With a dial, with a dial, and he said this is quite all right to sell. Fine, I hope, I hope he's uh, relying on a good person. I don't, yes, no, I'm sure I'm sure. Right, fine. Uh, with a dial, is it a swan? Yeah. And does it switch on and off all the time? So it's probably uh, a similar stat and the same stat the same is there a slightly bigger one than this? Slightly smaller. The, just the one just below this. The one just below this. So the one just below this is a combination of semi-stats and thermostats. It, 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 what will happen is the semi-stat will, will reheat the water quicker because there's less water in it. Therefore not triggering the, the, uh, the thermostat. The thermostat will only trigger when the water really drops. And that's very, very rare. Because it's got a semistat in it, it's very rare. Mine packed up, and I took it into Chapman, I took it from there, and I said, oh, it's green, so it's a light field, I think the semistat is gone. It gives me, I think the semistat. Semistat's gone. The swan below this is a semistat, this is, as I say, it's got a, a thermostat and a dual, a dual. <coughs> different sizes have different systems. Some of them have only, only thermostats on, some of them only have semistats on. It's, it's, it's for economic reasons. As they get, the, as they get the, larger, the larger they get, the more economic they want to make it, so they, they've added in more technicalities rather than keeping it simple. The ones that you press down on, on, on top? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Those are dual... They have a dual element. You put the water in, it switches, it heats up. You do not, you just put the water, cold water in, it switches, it heats up, switches off and goes on to uh, a retaining. They have a better retaining element, so therefore it almost never switches back onto the... That's fine. You can't fill it up. Because if you fill it up on Yomta, so again you're switching over to the other element. You can't be using Yomta unless you've gotten back. I hope that gives us a, a, a bit of clarity when it comes to Shabbat uh, uh, Everything that I prepared for Shabbat today hasn't been discussed at all. <laughs> so, Mr. Hashem, uh, I'll let you know about two weeks' time. Probably there won't be shame two weeks' time because of Bank Holiday. And just a shame to step over the Bank Holiday. But four weeks' time, we either will continue or we'll have a, a, a slight break of a couple of, couple of shurim for, for things that people get nightmares about. And then we'll come back and we'll continue on Hashabbat. Thank you very much.